Hello, everybody, and welcome to Over the Hump, the podcast that aims to provide you with a dose of midweek motivation to finish your week off strong. I'm your host, Christopher Morgan. Please feel free to call me Chris. And this is episode number 24 on passion and pride. In this episode, I have the pleasure of speaking with Patrick McMurray. Now, to the world, Patrick is known as a world-class oyster shucker, but there's a couple other titles that not everybody is as familiar with. Those are teacher, former restaurant owner, author, and Guinness Book of World Record title holder. Join us today as Patrick outlines how gratifying it can be to just follow your passion and where those roads can lead. Enjoy. All right, everybody, welcome. And we're excited to uh, introduce our special guest today. But before we do that, I just want to make sure that I say hello myself. I have Corey right here beside me virtually. Hello, hello, everybody. Yes, and we are excited to present to you Mr. Patrick Murray, if you can say hello to the Over the Hump community. Hola, what's going on? There you go, a man of many languages. Um, Ah. You know, so as usual, I don't want to take away from the guest, uh, but um, because he's going to do a better job introducing himself than I can. Uh, But um, yeah, we got a good one today. We have a whole universe. And obviously what we're trying to give for everybody at Over the Hump is really a broad spectrum. And the fact that it doesn't really matter the background because with every background comes a different story and we can learn from each other. Um, and we have a guest uh, like no other today and it's it's definitely touching on a realm uh, that we haven't touched on just yet. So with that said, uh, Patrick, if you could go ahead and uh, introduce yourself to the over the hump community and, and maybe at the same time, just tell us um, how you got to where you are today. Okay, cool. It's a bit of a long story. Hi everybody, how are you doing? I'm uh, Patrick McMurray, otherwise known as Shucker Patty. And a shucker is a person who opens oysters. It is not the knife that opens oysters. Sometimes people get misconstrued saying, I need a good oyster shucker to work with. I go, well, you need a knife. I'm the oyster shucker. That's the knife. Uh, so that's fine. Um, and it's, the funny thing is, I, I, in the world of oysters, I'm fairly well known. It's a very small, teeny tiny world when you think of things. Uh, but in this oyster world, I'm fairly well known in the sense that I am world champion Guinness Book of World Records, uh, oyster shucker, uh, restauranter, publican. Uh, I teach about oysters. Uh, you can use this loose term we're trying to tighten up called an oyster sommelier, which means that like a wine sommelier, we parallel the wine world in the oyster world because the oyster is not a singular ingredient. It is a multiple different species. In North America, we have five different species. And across the globe, you can find oysters in everywhere ocean touches land so each community can have its own thought towards oyster i was literally on the zoom with scotland 40 minutes ago talking about their oysters and whatnot so you can find this in pretty well every community around the globe and i work very well in the oyster world so i really don't know why they're why you guys have me here but we're talking oysters and and i think it's passion and, and working things together but that's that's what my background is and now I am teaching at Centennial College in Toronto uh, about culinary hospitality and on the rare occasion, oyster. When it's oyster day, everyone's head kind of explodes type of thing. 
That's awesome. Thank you so much. And, I, and you hit it on the head and I didn't actually start off with it. So uh, I believe that uh, this episode we're calling Pride and Passion. It may at the end of it have a couple of dishes when you're looking at this afterward on the website. Uh, but Pride and Passion is what it's all about. And, and with that, Patrick, Patrick, if you can tell us, um, take us right back to the beginning. Like, just, just tell us how you got into the world of oyster shucking. Back to the beginning. Well, there was this big bang. Yeah. And everything sort of swirled together. Oysters everywhere. everywhere. Oysters <laughs> everywhere. And they're all floating out there in the space. You think they're stars. They are not. They are all oysters. And so the world is your oyster. That Oh, that's actually pretty deep. We're going to have to use that one. Um, so I started in the oyster world because I, I'm more you know, of a restaurateur when you come to think of it. And, and, and uh, although I have a, a degree in university for kinesiology, which is a strange mix to put the two together, but it works in the sense that I've always wanted to be in the restaurant trade. I always thought it was a young kid going through high school. I go, I'm going to go to university to be a teacher because both my parents are teachers and those summers are great. You know, you got two months off, you can go traveling, you know, that's the whole thing that you want to end up doing. And so I'm going to go to university for kinesiology because I like the sports sciences, that concept and idea. But while I'm doing this, the ultimate goal, I think, is when I retire out of teaching, I want to own a restaurant. Because I was working at, as a 16-year-old kid, working at a restaurant as a busboy in downtown Toronto, a place called Beaujolais. Top end, top 10 restaurant type style of the city at the time. And as a busboy, I'd, I'd walk out with, with good scratch, like 150 bucks as a, as a busboy at 16 on a Friday night. I'm like, this money is for me. <laughs> I don't have to, what? And so I thought, this is kind of crazy. You can't have a real career as this though. So you got to have this as like a thing to do afterwards. That was my ultimate plan. Get a career, be a teacher, and then own restaurant later. Long story short, I never got into teacher's college because after graduating kinesiology, you have to go to teacher's college to learn how to be a teacher. And then you can be a teacher. Never got into teacher's college. But while I was waiting to get in, I was working in restaurants. And I chose to work in a little place called Rodney's Oyster House here in Toronto. And it's historically absolutely correct. Wonderful place to go to. And it's, it's ridiculous in the sense that I started learning about oysters more deeply in the world of the oyster, uh, in the oyster house as it is, while still learning that, that I could pay the bills. And I found out that, oh my goodness, food service in the restaurant trade, you could actually make a, a living out of this. This is an actual trade. I had no idea. If I actually went to high school, uh, you know, the, 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 the guidance counselors, and I told them this story, like, I really want to retire out as a restaurant owner. They go, why don't you go to college for like being a chef? I go, you could do that? <laughs> I, I wouldn't know at the time. So I always look at it backwards and, and forwards when I come forward. So while waiting to get into teacher's college, I got into the restaurant trade as um, just a, a simple shucker, learning how to shuck oysters and then getting into contests right away. Like two weeks after I started, they threw me into a contest because that's what everybody does. And then I started using my kinesiology going, nah, you're not shucking right. And so I changed techniques, started designing blades and all this type of stuff. And then after, you know, it was an eight-year process, I ended up owning my own restaurant, building that out, and I started building from scratch. I basically built everything from scratch of, of the, all the opportunities that came to me. And really, in the end, my whole restaurant world was based on opportunity 
at, you know, you, you, you go towards opportunities, the door opens up. You can't open up that door unless you know a little something. You know, you're networking and talking with people and having that understanding of, and in my world, it was all about talking about oysters and like-minded people came together and go, well, we love what you do. We can build something. Why don't we build it? You run it. And you call it, what, what do you want to call it? And that's how I got to start my own restaurant. So I've been so fortunate. I'm 52 now, just turned. And for 50, well, you know, working at the age of 16, I guess, for 40 some odd years, I haven't really been working. I've just been doing things I liked and somehow got paid along the way. So, and now I'm teaching, which full circle, I'm teaching at culinary school. And when they brought me in, I, I was, it was a great time. I was on the, on the board there at, at Centennial College. They said, okay, just as a professional uh, academic committee, there's okay. What would you like to know? Does anyone here want to teach? I'm like, yeah, I'd like to teach. Okay. And they basically gave me the job in two weeks. I'm like, don't you have to teach me how to, how to teach? They go, how long you've been doing the restaurant thing? I go oh, about 25 years. He goes, you're trained enough. Just read off the, the PowerPoint presentation, learn and just talk to people. Just tell them the stories that go along with the lesson plan. I'm like, I think I can do that. I didn't get kicked out yet. Working on it. <laughs> That's what? knock on wood. Right? Well, I'm, I'm actually surprised how resonant that was you knocking on your forehead. I was like, wow, that actually picked up in the market. Pick up? It's, really it's the thingy. <laughs> oh, it's that's the thingy, funny. right? Because it's, it's like right on the bone, eh? There there's nothing is. in between, but there's solid bone between here and there. That's so funny. Well, there's so much to unpack there. And I know Corey's dying to ask some questions. I just, I, I do have just one other one. No, 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 no. It's like, yeah, go ahead. this is great. And I love, I love all the stories. So, you know, I think. It's interesting because we're discussing passion and obviously you thought about doing one thing. You went, you started studying kinesiology and things kind of took a different route and you kind of just like followed your gut and all of these great things started to happen. You said you, you entered the Guinness Book of World Records and, and that, won. That didn't happen until I built the restaurant though. I started the shocking contest was two weeks into actually working at Rodney's just because yeah. everybody went, you had to go. And then I learned at that point, what I did learn from that is that if you go and you, you win the Ontarios, you get to go to Prince Edward for free, there you get is, a free God. trip. If you win Prince Edward you get to go to Ireland. I go, why Ireland? Well, that's where the World Championships is. I didn't even think about Guinness until I actually won the World Championships. And that was until 2002 when I built out my own restaurant. I could. The funny thing is, I've, I've been to the Worlds uh, uh, two times before while I was working at Rodney's. And so the third time that I went was when I owned my own restaurant. And yeah. I requested, I said, I want to do a training program. And the training program that I'd like to do is sort of kinesiology based for the oysters. Because when I when you do the Canadian championships, it's 18 oysters. The world championships is 30 oysters. That's like qualifying for the Olympics with a 100-meter sprint for a 800-meter run. Like it's it doesn't work in my mind. You have to actually do the same type of training. So I requested at the at, at Rodney's, I said, look, I want to do this training program where I will take 30 oysters, I'll shuck them for customers on a time and they'll time me. And they said, no, that's not going to work. I went, okay. So when I opened up my own restaurant, first thing I did when I won the Canadian Championship, I go, I'm going to, because I'm the boss, I'm going to do a training program. They go, that's not a bad idea. So go ahead. And so I made this training program, 30 oysters, 35 bucks, customer comes up times me and then they get to eat the 30 oysters it was 35 bucks it was back in the day this is well before buckashuck was ever a thing and so i just made it 
as cheap as possible. And what I did was I, I made a, a sport, sport, this is, this is a training as well, sport-specific training. The table was shorter. It's a 32-inch base rather than a 41-inch base, which is bar height. So I made a table at the back of the restaurant. I made a, a platter, which was a 24 by 24 square platter that I had to arrange the oysters on. So I got very specific at my training. It's not like restaurant service at all. And people are like, what are you doing? I go, this is what I have to do for the world championships. So it's me training, da, 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 da. So after two months of that, I went to world championships and I technically won. So it was a, it was a training program that I put myself into to create this thing. And that's all because of kinesiology. Well, case in point, I think the passion drives everything that you do, right? And it just seems like, not to say that you didn't plan anything, but what I like is that you just kind of like, you got this feeling, you run with it and you make things happen. You don't second guess yourself because it seems that the passion is the forefront of the execution. The one question that I have for you though, that I feel would really help some of our listeners, how did you know that like shucking was a thing? Like if you could, how did you know that that was the thing that was gonna take you everywhere? And maybe you didn't at the moment, but how did you know that like this was like, oh yeah, this is this is awesome. You learn this at Rodney's. This is the great thing about Rodney. This is Rodney's at the original location, which is 209 Adelaide Street. What I did learn and what was there was that the, the, they, they did the competition and they put me into the competition and that's what sort of drove the whole thing. The whole content, the whole idea of competition and getting good at what you're doing drove the position. Oyster shuckers, sushi chefs, when you're out front, we have this, like we are right now, this one-on-one -on -one rapport with the customers. We can discuss with them right away, how's that taste? fabulous okay what else would you like you want something else okay we'll get you something else we have that one-on-one -on -one rapport which is which is what's fun and that's what really gets you going in the in the restaurant trade the 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 expression on the customer afterwards to say oh that was fantastic thank you very much and i would get people that would come back to my restaurant when i was at starfish uh i would get customers coming in and go you know patrick do you know what you do you you and lawrence and everybody here at starfish do you know what you do with your oysters like your oyster, why are your oysters so much better here? I go, oh, I don't know, I don't get it. I just stick this in the shell and then give it to you. What's what's different? I know we have we have different oysters, yes. No, no, it's how you present it. It's how it's everything. It's whatever. I go, hmm, where have you been? You went somewhere. You, oh yeah, I went was in New York. I was over in Paris. I was, but we couldn't find anything that was like this. I'm like, oh, yeah, I know, I understand. Uh, it's hard to describe exactly what it is, but. Welcome. Don't cheat on me again. Thank you very much. And go back and, and we'll see that. And they were like, oh, it's totally different. Totally different here. And it's it, it. I think it's what you're saying as well. And I do come off as a bit on the crazy side when I start talking about this. But if you can <laughs> go to a place where there's someone that is crazy behind the bar, you know, put the menu down. Don't even look at it and say, yeah, what do you, what do you think I should have? This is what you should be eating today. Boop, and there you go. That's sort of you want to you want to try to find those joints if you can find them. But it's 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 fun. I've always loved doing this type of thing and really directing people into try to sink them onto the dark side of the oyster as it is, you know, when it goes. Yeah, and I think you hit on it before as well, too, when you're just talking about what you do. Um, for you, it's never about being a job. And I think that's one of the, the great signs as well, too, that we can pass on to um, our listeners and our audience. But uh, yeah, Corey, go ahead. I, I, well, first of all, Patrick, you're, uh, or should I call you Shucker Patty? Um, Patrick, pa Patrick, whatever. Uh, you don't want to hear what my wife calls me, but that's another thing. 
I, I, first of all, thank you for sharing the journey. Thank you for sharing uh, your passion with us. Honestly, uh, it comes out in the stories that you tell. Um, I'm feeling it just infectiously. I'm also craving oysters. Um, but, you know, you used, you used your knowledge uh, that you, you acquired through school to create such a unique tool that made it to market. Um, and, you know, there's... There's obviously a story behind that. We know that you went to kinesiology, uh, did kinesiology, and that you decided to make this tool. But uh, a little birdie told me that uh, it's hanging in one of the oldest established oyster houses in uh, North America, the Union Oyster House in Boston. Uh, yes. Is that, is that a correct story? Absolutely. Absolutely correct. Union is one of my, my favorite little places to talk to people about. I, I wrote about it in my book. I wrote a little book about oysters as well, and I, I, I wrote about what you call meccas. This is this is sort of my little bookie thing there. But there's there I wrote about what I call what I call meccas, which is our places that you have to go see. And it's almost in the religion of the oyster because we are more cultish, I think, than religionish uh, when it comes down to it. But when you want to learn about oysters, you go to where it has been historically known of. In North America, Union is a the one of the longest running active restaurants, not just oyster bars, but restaurants in North America. And um, it specializes in oysters. Yes, Union Oyster House is one of those things that would serve and deal with oysters, being in Boston, being on the water. Basically, they they literally were had to just get the fresh oysters floated over to them, drawn up off the wharf, thrown in the back. They literally have in the middle of the, they have a they have a garbage chute on the floor where the shucker stands and shucks oysters in the middle, there's a horseshoe shape bar. Union Oyster House is designed on a multiple level thing. Where you eat at Union Oyster House was where the horses would come in. It's horse stalls. And the, the, the bar that they sits on is soapstone. It's the horse water trough. So for 150 some odd years ago, horses would be in there watering up and you'd go upstairs to the tavern. Well, they just turned that all into the restaurant, just kept it in. So there's a door underneath where the shucker stands where all the shells go at the end of the night. They just dump them down. It goes into a trough and <laughs> it goes again. It's just ancient. And, and to have, uh, you know, it was such an honor for me when I, when I first, uh, I met these folks and I met Anton, who's the lead shucker. And I met um, uh, 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 Jimmy and the crew and the owners of union years and years and years ago. I'm fortunate in the sense that I get asked to go to the Boston seafood show and blah, blah, blah about oysters and run a shucking contest. Uh, so I get to go to Boston once a year when we can. Uh, and it's, it's delicious. And the history is they, they love to collect things. And yes, my knife was one of those things that I donated. I gave them my knife to, and they put it up on the wall. So to have that up on the wall in such a historic ancient place is fantastic. That's Sorry. your that's your passion flowing through, uh, and honestly, uh, to to have that honor, uh, it must be like you mentioned a very proud moment to have you know a, a creation of of yours in one of these meccas, and and we'll refer to them moving forward as meccas. All right, Chris. Um, it's but, a loose uh, term. I don't but, I don't want to offend anyone, but I call it that because it's what you go to there because you're 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 passionate about that type of thing. This this whole uh, adventure that you've been on, the journey that you you've you've uh, embarked on is has been all about who you are and following your gut and how passionate you are and, and what you're doing and I'm sure all of our listeners can feel that but where was there the hurdle where was it where was it, it difficult where you you weren't did you have a moment of of 
insecurity about where you were moving with when, when it came to sh uh, shucking oysters? Or did you really follow um, that passion that was burning inside of you that, to say, this is this is where I'm going? It's it's a weird thing. Like it's it's not something you you strive to do. I I know a bunch of shuckers who are like, oh, like I what am <laughs> I do a five year university degree and I come out the other side as an oyster shucker. Like it's not it's not what you think of, and it it, it ends up being something that can be very frustrating. You could be stuck in a rut. You know, all you're doing is 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 this. And I'm fortunate in the sense that. I just moved towards the opportunities that the doors, once the door was, here's the knob to the door. If you turn the door, you know, blue pill, red pill. I took the blue pill and I went down the rabbit hole. And when you go down that rabbit hole, then there are other doors that will open up. And I try to inform people. I go, don't, there's been times and there has been times where I've been going, what am I doing? Like, what is really going on? I'm, uh, I've got one restaurant, the Kaylee cottage, and we just closed up the other one. And, you know, all I'm doing is this oyster shucking thing. And it's, it's funny because it's almost like a, you know, when you, when everyone talks about side hustles or side gigs, it ends up being a side gig. I'm a, technically, you know, if you want to talk to monetarily, I'm a teacher because that's what pays the bills. Oyster shucking used to pay the bills and as a restaurant owner does pay the bills. Uh, but when you get back into it, I can still carry it on through the whole thing. So there was, there's always been ruts and the ruts are more really directed, not necessarily in the oyster world because oyster wise, I could float above it. If there was a rut, it was always within running the business of a restaurant. And at one time I was running two restaurants. And with that, I ran catering and special events and was doing all the detailed things. And when I got an opportunity, Patrick, would you like to shuck oysters at the masters? Sure. Okay. Would you like to shuck oysters in Scotland for Scot uh, national, uh, you know, Ireland, Scotland, uh, Shanghai, Macau. I'm off. I go. So that that was oyster world. I know that I can float above everything. It doesn't necessarily matter what I'm doing underneath, but oyster world, I'm always sort of in tune with what I'm doing. So oyster world has always been something that's just been on a steady, slow incline and and always moving up and moving to the next thing. Uh, it's always the other things behind that sort of gets me stuck. At the moment, I don't have a restaurant of my own, which is the silver lining for what's going on in the world right now. However, I'm the insane one that actually really wants to build another restaurant right now because I'm living old school, but I have to look at it new school. How will we develop new things in a new world after all this comes out? And I keep coming back. I go, guess what? Oysters is what everybody should be eating anyways. They're high in zinc, the highest amount of zinc you can get in any natural food source. They're super sustainable. When I talk about sustainability and I get drawn into the sustainable world like OceanWise and Monterey Bay Association and talking about ocean sustainability and not only ocean, but also protein source sustainability and human uh, protein and calorie consumption, Oyster ends up being better than anything. Uh, so I, I, I follow through with a lot of research. I find research that comes to me on the, on the, on the web. I research, I look for things, things that people don't think about because I, I, I know about, uh, RNA, DNA sequencing and, and fatty acid chains and, you know, the, the, all, everything that kinesiology in the school brought to me that doesn't correlate to culinary, it correlates to nutrition for kinesiology. I could have easily swung into a nutritional end of things. But would I have learned anything about oyster? Probably not, because it's a, such a, a weird little world. But we learn so much that in the new reopening of things, 
what I would really like to see is where people move towards oysters, not as a luxury item or bucket shuck or we're going out, we're just having a good time. But it's like, this is actually a natural food source that is high in protein, low in fat, high in zinc. Zinc, if I haven't explained it, zinc as a, as a, as a, as a thing helps uh, uh, boost your immunity system and also helps drive libido. That's the, that's the, that's the aphrodisiac end of things. But with the immunity system, it's, it helps you stay healthy and it's got uh, more than you need in a daily dose. So six oysters a day or six, you know, six oysters twice a week, you're good to go. And that's where I would like to see more people get into it. Instead of thinking of it as a luxury item or back in the day as, um, you know, it was, oh, it was cheap and cheerful it, it, where Boston and New York was all involved building the whole everything is the only thing you could afford was an oyster because it was cheap and cheerful you get that nutrition aspect to it as well so it's it's one of those things that i i see in the future those are the only things that sort of i keep stumbling upon when you talk about stumbling and things like that oyster just sort of brings me to different areas well absolutely and honestly like uh it's it's a it's a narrative of ongoing learning you know you're challenging yourself heck you want to open up a restaurant during a pandemic so kudos to you we'll need to figure out the uh the uh locale of that so chris and i can frequent it um but uh beyond that um i think we're almost ready for the lightning round chris how are you feeling i think we're lightning round ready all right so we're gonna start off with number one patrick so the number one thing you do in the morning to set yourself up for success is coffee Okay. I get up and I, I make coffee right away and, you know, I, I, I get to work. I get up at about, as an old fella, we putts, old people putts. So we putts around. I'm up, at, it doesn't matter what's going on, whether I went to bed at two in the morning, I'm up at six, six thirty, And, you know, you kind of look out the window, you go like this and you, you, you know, put the pot of coffee on, you come, you turn on the computer and you're like, do, 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 do. It's a delicious time of day. If, 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 if people don't like to get up at that time, I highly recommend age a little bit. You'll find six o'clock in the morning is beautiful. Five o'clock will be even when I get another 10 years from now, I'm sure I'm going to be up at five because you can get more work done. Nobody calls you. There's nothing to do. Da, 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 da. You can do all this stuff. And my, your mind is fresh. You get mm -hmm. up, you go, I've got too many ideas. I used to, I used to sleep uh, in the uh, bed. You know, I'd have a little book. And now everything's, it's on the computer thing now. And so I, I've got this idea. I've got to write it down. And I, push, I put it aside. And I have my little OneNote thing that I've got hundreds of weird ideas, hundreds of things that I can do. And I, I, I got to write them down so that I can follow up with them afterwards. That's what I do first thing in the morning. Okay, fantastic. Then we have question number two. Great. One word or thing that you believe has brought you the success that you have right now in your work or life? You've been saying it all day. I'm going to say passion. I it's passion is a word. I don't like to say that I have it's, it's one of these words that gets bestowed upon you. You have passion. People tell you that you, I'm, I'm not going to go out there and say, Ooh, I have passion. It's not on my Instagram feed. It's like passionate passion, Patrick. Ooh, that's a good handle. No, that I'm not going to sound <laughs> pretty good though. <laughs> You know, I'm not going to go that far. And it's like when I, when I call Kaylee Cottage, it's called a local. I never use the word authentic or traditional. When you're, you're designing an Irish bar, 
you'll see them everywhere. Uh, traditional Irish bar, authentic Irish bar. You don't call yourself authentic. You get bestowed authentic. Passion is what I, I'm growing to understand that I have for not just oyster, but everything kind of that I do. I love oyster restaurants. I love restaurants. If you weren't passionate for restaurants, you would not even consider building something right now. And I'm like, ooh, 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 when can we start? And I'm like, this is, it's, it's stupid. Don't even go there. You know, so it's it's I think the word that you're looking for is passion. But thank you very much. <laughs> Fantastic. So the number three is uh, fill in the blank. So life isn't life if you're not. Happy. Sorry, it was a, it was a quick one, right? The lightning round. So and happy is as happy does you, you whatever makes you happy. It can be it can be. It could be being grumpy in a corner. If that makes you happy, go be grumpy in a corner. That's fine. Tell everyone around you, look, I'm going to be grumpy in a corner now. Okay. So if that's happens, is what you need is what makes you happy. That's why me working, and when I tell my students, I go, you want to be a restaurateur? Oh, nice. Well, when I get them in the class, right, I said, there's three things I tell. I go, okay, who wants to be a chef? Yeah, okay, good. You want to be a front of house manager. Who wants to own a restaurant? Oh, you three people. Go clean the bathroom right now with a toothbrush and come back to me afterwards. If you can do that here right now at school, then you can become a restaurant owner. It's crazy what we do. We do absolutely everything. And that's, but that's what makes me happy. And you can't be happy if you can't, if you're not happy cleaning that bathroom with a toothbrush on a Friday afternoon at three o'clock before the customers open up and you, that doesn't make you happy. You can't do this job. So that's why you do this job. You do jobs to make you happy. And if you're not happy at what your job is, then you're at work. So it, it becomes a thing. So whatever you do, try to just make yourself happy, no matter what you're doing. Fair okay. enough. <laughs> <laughs> Again, long, long story, long, long answer, short question. <laughs> no worries. That, okay, I think, so that... that I think I have down. This, this is going to be the last one for me. So it's um, one habit uh, that you would recommend that people drop immediately that you feel would make their lives better. Scrolling the Instagram, scrolling the social media, just doing this all day scrolling. long. What? What? Ooh. Oh, my God, is it eight hours later? I want to have that life-work balance and, and that type of thing. So that... What was the question? It was pretty close. That was really... <laughs> I think, I think that's close. I think that's close to the answer of the question of whatever it was. Yeah. You know what? Nope. You hit, you hit it on the head. Social media. Don't let it take Social over media. your life. Yeah. Don't let it take over your life. And I know that everybody's life is really swirly around it. And, you know, when I, when I teach my students, a lot of them want to do their own businesses. And I go, you're going to need social media. You need this. You, you need social media. It's, it's free. If you can get good at it, it's free advertising. It's free and it's self-promotion. And it's really, it's great because you can actually write about yourself. You can post it out there and hope if people like it, yay. If people don't like it, we don't care because it's social media and we have fun with it. And it can be very fun, but it can also, whoosh, there goes your time. There goes your yeah. day. Limit yourself to what you're doing. Uh, do what you like. And if it starts, you get frustrated with it, turn it, turn it off. Hey, 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 hey.
Thanks, everybody, for joining us yet again. Uh, if you haven't done so yet, please feel free to follow us on social media, mainly Instagram at OTHCA. That's at OTHCA. Uh, you can also find our podcast now on Apple Podcast. If you just go to the search bar and type in Over the Hump, you'll see us right there. Just look for our logo. And you could also continue to listen to our podcast on Podbean at overthehump.podbean.com. That's overthehump.podbean.com. We're really looking forward to speaking to everybody next week. Have a great week. Take care.